So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it started off as an attempt to uh, make comic book superhero adaptations that are somewhat grounded in the real world, and you can really see that in the first Iron Man movie, uh, with some suspension of disbelief. And I feel like us as movie watchers have been kind of trained to have that suspension of disbelief. But as the MCU started to expand, once they were able to kind of plant their feet in the ground, um, that's when they saw the opportunity to kind of add other elements from the comics, so say fantasy, cosmic, magic, and the film started to ask more from the audience. Um, even so, you have uh, movies like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I would argue kind of inspired <laughs> this conversation that we're having, um, that are science-based, but are, let's say, uh, to put it lightly, completely nonsensical. Um, so I guess the question I wanted to introduce is, uh, is it worth trying to get the MCU back on track in this regard in terms of, um, depicting signs in a reasonable matter on screen? Uh, so this is another edition of AP Marvel. I am Chris Compendio. I'm here, uh, with Anthony Payone, who is so excited to talk about this. Right, Anthony? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my yeah. first episode. Is this your first episode with this new mic? It is. It is so nice. Excellent. Oh, God. I'm looking at the waveforms, yeah. and it's, like, oh, so precise, man, and it's, like, not, like, giant static bumps. Oh, All right. This, this is okay. good. Yeah. Drink I don't know some, how pop Drink some water, is. Anthony. Uh, and I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, our special guest. I'm here with our special guest, uh, Betsy Devos. No, Betsy. <laughs> uh, you told me how to pronounce your last name, but I already forgot. It's Lada Jets. Lada Jets. Okay, yeah. like Lady Jets. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Betsy, can you tell us uh, a bit about uh, what you do? Um, what What do you do in life? Tell us. Tell us all. Yeah. Um, so I'm a rising senior at Barnard College studying biology and English, and I'm hoping to go into science communication. So things mm-hmm. like how science is portrayed in what is literally the world's biggest movie <laughs> franchise is pretty yeah. important to me on that front. Right. Um, I'm actually recording from a lab at Barnard where I've been doing wow. some research this summer. Um, so yeah, and I'm also Too a pretty big Marvel fan. Behind you and like safety posters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also Aww, a cactus it's one of here. America's I don't know if favorite you can see trees. It. That's probably the best part. It's hanging out. Does the cactus yeah. have a name? I don't know. I should ask <laughs> the person who runs the lab about that. Oh, yeah, get back to us yeah. on that. So, uh, yes, Betsy, you were here to blind us with science. <laughs> um, uh, a- Anthony, can you remind us, uh, as a recent graduate of Carnegie Mellon University, uh, what, is it, what is it that you studied? I studied physics to start off, and then I switched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am an engineer. Okay. Yeah, so, so what... what... Okay, but like what uh, in terms uh, of like things that you're interested in, like reading um, about and learning more about um... uh, quantum mechanics. Oh yeah, uh, that type of stuff. Um, I like space stuff mm-hmm. in general, but you know that type of stuff. I like maybe. Are you gonna go to space maybe. one day? Maybe someday. I, I keep the dream <laughs> okay. alive. Be an astronaut if I keep want. Keep the dream you know? alive. Always gonna keep the dream alive. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Betsy, what el- what other fields of science are you interested in? Just uh, learning, reading about, etc. Well, biology is pretty broad, but I try to read as much <laughs> as I can. I mean, my research is in plant science, so I kind of mm. focus on that. But I like 
I like to keep up with space news too. And uh, quantum physics is really interesting to me. Although I maybe uh, when I read uh-huh. an article about it, I maybe understand like half of it. But mm-hmm. I try. Okay, and uh, I guess in terms of my scientific credentials. Um... Um, I don't know. I saw Armageddon by Michael Bay once. I mean, that was accurate, <laughs> right? They had to drill into the asteroid, yeah. and yeah, that's, uh, how, that's, how, that's sure. how that works. Uh, yeah, let's say that. Was no, accurate. yeah, no, I, <laughs> no. I'm I'm mainly into like English and movies and whatnot. So, um, I don't know. I was in the honors biology class in junior year of high school. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that that's why I got you two. So uh. So I think we will we'll have a smooth conversation here going forward. Um, but um, speaking of movies like Armageddon, um, I'm wondering uh, what is the importance of having accurate science in movies in the first place? Like why why not just let go and just let the suspension of disbelief just totally take you? Does, do either of you want to pick up on that? I think it's important because science is kind of a weird profession in like the public eye. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really know exactly what scientists are doing on a day-to-day basis or, like, what your work is actually like. Like, if you say to somebody, I'm, like, I work in retail or, like, I do, I, like, make ads, mm-hmm. somebody can have a clear picture of what you're yeah. doing. But if you're, like, working in quantum physics, it would take you half an hour to just Describe to just sort of describe the general area of what you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think having accurate portrayals of science and pop culture helps to sort mm-hmm. of bridge that gap and helps it make more understandable to people. So that when you have an important scientific study come out, or when you're say trying to convince like the political leaders of a country that climate change is an actual threat people will be more mm-hmm. likely to sort of trust the actual scientists because they've seen scientists and they know like, oh, okay, that's like a person who's doing their job and is trustworthy and I, I sort of know them a little bit. Right. You know? So that's why we need movies like The Day After Tomorrow, right? That, Where, I think it was Lindsay Ellis who pointed out there was a scene where um, – there are it's like in India and it's snowing and there are protesters um chanting stop global warming in English. Uh which was yeah, great great cinema, great science. Um and <laughs> Yeah, because really? it was just like, oh look at all these people dying. Just that whole that whole subgenre of movies. Um Honestly, Wally terrified the shit out of me. So I was like, oh man, that's going to be our planet one day. Oh I don't want to be on a trash yeah. planet. <laughs> trash planet. I mean, I mean I'm it's a okay. We'll, person, so we'll all be dead by then, like so the don't worry fit. about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, any um, thoughts on it, science and movies I mean, in general already, before we get to the MCU? We about how it makes it more realistic, and even if you're not trying to make it more realistic, mm-hmm. making it sound like to a lot of people, they don't know what the fuck quantum physics is. They don't know, like how neutron stars work or or black mm-hmm. holes so like hearing it like sound like to a lot of people science sounds cool science sounds fancy science sounds unique and exotic so in some capacity it makes it you know mm-hmm. more interesting we look at doctor who uh all that's 
I mean, that's what Bill Nye is around like, for. It's all bullshit, but, like, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they get away with it because they they use yeah. fake science to tell interesting stories, whereas, like, Armageddon yeah. uses, science, like, fake science to tell dumb stories. Um, so I, I have this distinct memory of middle school where I had a, um, uh, an earth science teacher. He showed us the movie The Core. Have either of you seen the core? I've watched it. No, Chris. Why were you keep? Why did you keep referencing Armageddon <laughs> okay. when you could have referenced a better movie that talked better, as in the sense of more ridiculous that talks about science way more than Armageddon, like the core, like where the core? you have scenes of the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Where there's just a guy with his arm out, and then he gets fucking cancer because ultraviolet rays are just beaming on his arm, and he immediately gets sunburned. And then the the beams of the Golden Gate Bridge start snapping, and the whole bridge collapses into the water because that makes sense. <laughs> oh my god! I knew I like I oh, I said vivid memory, but I think you like memorize the whole movie in your head. Do That's I amazing. What happens in Day After Tomorrow? Seeing a bunch of people die is kind of like I right. don't like it. Yeah, so it sticks in my head. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this is the movie where they had to go to the center of the Earth and then restart the Earth's core. Because uh, science that drilled into this that went through the Mariana Trench and then dug through the planet. Um, people, as uh, uh, Sam Neill yeah, died yeah. Uh, because a crystal, because there's giant crystals underneath the planet, went through his helmet. Uh, is that Sam Neill? That was Sam Neill. Who's the guy? Who's the who's the president in uh, National Treasure Two? Uh, Bruce Greenwood. Oh my god. Why we're getting, we're getting too deep into the core. I was just trying to make a, a point. Oh my god. Okay, the uh, the other the other the other example, the opposite example was my 8th grade uh life science teacher showing us Gattaca. Um so depressing. I know, but it it, feel, it, it feels a little more um like like yeah, regardless if it's like realistic or not, it feels a little more uh timely it sounds more it feels more plausible if that makes sense um and i feel like um in you know in modern day cinema like christopher nolan is the one trying to kind of um fight for accurate science in movies so like interstellar was like his his like thesis on that yeah um like this is how a black hole should actually look like in film it should look like a real black hole and not a film brought like the Uh real science out made it super cool whereas and, and the message of that movie uh-huh. was more of like human perseverance, where on like a physical level and on a astronomical yeah. level. Um, so making it more realistic made the struggle more real. Um, where you have Gattaca, where you have like the idea of like dissecting people down to their genome and then figuring out who's good and who's bad uh-huh. seems. Uh, is interesting and the science is interesting because it seems like a real thing that could happen one and two it's you know it goes back to the idea of eugenics which is like nazis like we're like this is a-okay and and like that that type of realistic approach was trying to tell something um and then you have the core which is like uh 
take care of the planet. Uh, <laughs> don't use nukes because, as we know, as we remember from the the, the lore of if the you lore, have a pacemaker, the then you're screwed. The core. That's the message um, of the movie. They the core lore. Uh, they used um, the core lore nukes uh, because the yeah. North Koreans had nukes and they were testing them underground, and that caused the Earth's core to stop. Um, which makes sense. Um, um, okay. So I don't know what it yeah, was sure. supposed to teach people. Um, so going back, going back to the main uh, point of what this relates to the nukes, what, what'd you say? Yeah, don't use nukes. What, yeah, nukes are bad. <laughs> don't use nukes. Nukes um, are bad. But what this nukes relates back that's, to that's the MCU the, yeah. is that these... Yeah. So then, uh, yeah. So then, start start with Iron Man one, uh, Betsy. If you want to talk about Iron Man one at all, it's um, you know, there it like Tony Stark is kind of like an Elon Musk uh, entrepreneur, inventor, public figure, uh, a, an MIT alum. Uh, we should mention uh, we actually saw him in MIT in Civil War, which was a neat little scene. Um, and I think you added some notes here about some actual elements that were um present in iron man one if you wanted to talk about those yeah i think i was thinking if we want to track the growing disbelief like suspension of disbelief that viewers need to have if you start from iron man one and then you go all the way to infinity war which is asking Mm -hmm. so much of you all iron man (laughs) one wants the viewer to believe is like hey this guy who we've established from the beginning is pretty smart and can build a lot Mm -hmm. of things builds himself an arc reactor and then he builds himself the iron man suit or they come at yeah. the same time. I don't remember the plot that well. Uh, yeah. Our that's pretty first simple. And then the suit, but he yeah. made a tiny one. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, like, it's just advanced engineering. Yeah. So that's starting from a pretty realistic place, right? Mm-hmm. Um... The the whole concept of the arc reactor as renewable energy, like, I think the line, um... I remember when Tony was trying to argue with uh, uh, Jeff Bridges about like um, the the prospect of using the arc reactor as kind of like their new uh, Stark Industries like new thing, and Jeff Bridges is like, "Oh, the the arc reactor that was just a publicity stunt to uh, to shut up the hippies," uh, which I always feel like is kind of a, way, a a line that's kind of waved away because it kind of gets into like. Um, Power? Nuclear power, yeah, the the, the, ex, the ethics behind that, um, you know, I mean, like, first of all, they're making weapons, which, like, by, like, inherently is already, like, this unethical, uh, <laughs> uh, business practice mm-hmm. that they have, but, um, the, 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 the premise of, like, oh, we're gonna make a renewable energy source to make these deadly weapons to shut the hippies up, I just, I always thought that, like, that's something we've never really stopped and talked about because of how fast of a movie Iron Man is. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to pick up on that, but um, no, it's just such an interesting thing to me. Um, uh, just this whole transition of, um, you know, Tony Stark's arc is him being an asshole into him being, I guess, less of an asshole. And seeing where the arc reactor technology and the suits kind of go along with that arc, like, Anthony, what you were talking about, kind of... Um, interweaving the science with the thematic part um there i mean pepper Potts literally puts his original arc reactor in a case and like said it's like proof that you have a heart you know 
yeah. um, and, and kind of like um, building this suit, you know, as realistic as it is or not. Um, this this almost kind of life support system for him, I thought was um, uh, a lot. That was like a really fascinating theme to me. Interesting. It's like the science, the the science in Iron Man kind of just was a little bit more. Was just yeah. like it 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 made him feel like it 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 kept him alive, and that kind of felt more realistic. Right. Sense, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it's very minimal, but like it it just. It just felt a little bit more realistic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the movie, because of that, it's watchable as like an action movie. It doesn't feel yeah, like you're watching totally. like a fantasy anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like he builds right. this thing, and you um, understand how thing works. Yeah, and it doesn't seem it doesn't seem fake. It- is is the concept of an arc reactor like a source of renewable energy even like is there like a lick of plausibility to that? When I was a kid I thought it was real. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I okay. actually thought that like that was something like mm. the big ones were real mm. and the little one was the science fiction part. Oh. Yeah. They you we you were uh, bamboozled. Um I mean I was bamboozled by a lot. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um but I I just keep thinking about um and I, I thought a lot about this in the scene of Civil War where, where Rhodey, um, where his power source was destroyed by Vision and he falls this very great height and fall, he's unconscious, he becomes unconscious in midair and then he hits the ground and bra- he survives but he breaks his back. Like, shouldn't he be like... Goo? Like, <laughs> shouldn't he like he was cease in a, he to was in be? A suit. He... I he know, but suit. even still, okay, all right. I I just have um like uh, I remember I was watching this video about um why Marvel action figures are apparently better than DC. Uh, why um, action scenes are better than DC action scenes, mm-hmm. and they showed the clip of from Iron Man one of Tony in his original suit, um flying out of the cave. I think in, it's in Afghanistan, not Iraq, right? Or is it Iraq? I forget. Um, Afghanistan, I think. Yeah, but he's flying out of the cave, and then he, he, like, hits... He's, like, he lands in the desert, but he, like, hits the ground, like, head first, and then, like, there's a giant graphic that just... It's just the word, dead. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, like, obviously, no, you can't, like, you can't kill the character that way. Like, um... So, I don't know. I mean, have we... Have we basically conceded that we were just going to forgive things like that? Like, just the, uh... Um, the basic physics of the MCU that, like, Ant-Man is going to hold on to Hawkeye's arrow and get launched by an arrow and, like, not, I don't know, have all of his innards get rearranged. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not something you're ever like... I think that's just, like, general action movie disbelief. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Maybe somebody who is a doctor would feel different. Look, if a man could jump across a, a jump across an apartment building to another one and break his and not break his ankles, I think that's pretty cool. Are yeah. we talking about... Oh, we're talking about uh, Mission Impossible <laughs> Mission Fallout. Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. Yeah, I was Fallout, thinking of that, Where he too. did jump across the building and in real life broke his ankles. Yeah, and they... Of course where they use the that movie, shot. In the movie, he didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, he they, they use that... So he's actually limping when he's running after that jump. Uh, but I digress. But is that I mean, is that real Tom Cruise limping? Or uh, is that, that's real Tom uh, Cruise limping. But I don't Tom think. Cruise uh, uh, yeah, I, I forget is the characters Ethan Hunt. That's not Ethan Hunt with a broken ankle, I guess. Um, 
speaking of I didn't have a transition there. No. Uh, speaking of Ant Man, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. No, 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 no. That's a big jump, my friend. Um, oh, okay. So the the, the chronology gets a little weird here. So like you know, like Thor and like Incredible Hulk and Iron Man two kind of all happen at the same time. Um, big week. Oh, I forgot. Elon Musk was in Iron Man two, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. They what? talked. They were talking about space things. Yeah. No, he. That's weird. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about Elon Musk. <laughs> Um, 4-1, I think, is kind of, uh, was kind of the biggest challenge that Marvel Studios had at the time, because they already established the world of Iron Man. Like, Mm -hmm. that, you can watch that movie by itself, you can just, like, disregard that Nick Fury scene, and it's, it's like, its own standalone world. Um, does anyone remember that all-important quote that Thor, uh, gives to Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman? Yeah, I rewatched Thor one a few weeks ago, so I feel very oh, yeah. prepared for this part of the podcast. Yeah, there we but go. Yeah, he basically says, "Your ancestors call this magic; you call it science. I come from a place where they're the same thing." Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying that he's ba- he's. I think this movie does a really good job of like justifying science in the MCU because it doesn't complicate it. It says, "All right, science." magic it's just different names mm-hmm. for the same concept yeah and then the it sort of breaks down a little bit because he starts trying to explain like how the nine realms are linked right um, the the yggdrasil yeah how the, yggdrasil. The, the life tree works um and which it's is, like weird and it's never clear whether these are like other planets out in the galaxy somewhere but they're connected or it's yeah. like parallel universes dimension. to yeah. earth that they're in other dimensions I think in I think the that comics they are, they are other, other planets. planets. Yeah, they are mm. other planets that are connected. Yeah, but they're called realms because they're connected through the life tree. Yeah, and because Whereas, they're all sort of under Asgard. And and remember, mm. this is also based off of the comics. I mean, not the comics. Sorry, this is based off of Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go before the comics. We gotta yeah, go before the yeah. comics. And yeah. in Norse mythology, they are different dimensions. They are mm-hmm. not different planets. Um. And, I mean, if anyone's played God of War, you know that they're different planets. Yes. Different dimensions. Right. And you have to dimension hop, which is which is why the word realm is weird, but, like, makes sense. Oh, yeah, with that's Norse, true. Norse mythology. Yeah, I never thought about yeah. that in the context of the movies. Yeah. So it's like, you know, going back to Norse mythology and, like, looking how how all of that shit worked and then the lingo got carried over. Yeah. That's it. Yep. They also even, they sort of explain um, how Thor how Thor or the other characters who use the Bifrost are able to jump between realms. Because it's a little bit mm-hmm. like a Tesseract in Wrinkle in Time where it's like they're folding two points together, sort of. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Except that you have this channel. Um, and then, yeah. so yeah. you don't have to worry about explaining, like, how can you breathe in space or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a very, like, easy-to-digest visual of just, like, the rainbow streak and just kind of flying yeah. through that. Um, yeah, remember, this is also, once again, North, Norse mythology. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rainbows. A lot um, of rainbows. Yeah. I think th- I, th- I think my problem with Thor 1 is that, I mean, I, I think we did a good job adequately explaining all the concepts of it, but I feel like... The movie, it's, I don't know, I didn't pick up on a lot of that during the movie. So, like, the fact that we were still confused on, like, if they're planets or realms well, or dimensions that's, or... That's, 
that that was the point of what Kenneth Branagh was trying to go for was making it fantastical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was how he shot it. That's sure. how he directed it. He was okay. trying to make it more of like this fantasy storytelling Shakespearean yeah, 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 yeah. art form where mm-hmm. it's like, and then like in in Thor two, it didn't really add and didn't build upon that in the way that we would have liked. Like there was that whole so- that that whole chalkboard that had all the science words and stuff, and it's like. Oh, this is kind of cool and interesting, but I did like that that little bit because it was kind of um like the universe's attempt of bringing those fantastical complex, but kind of trying to make sense. Yeah, in terms of like did, real human science, but like within within the universe, they didn't the build movies, on it. Of course, is sure. what I'm thinking. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So why you know like Jane Foster? I think is a nurse in the comics. Um, so why, why make her a scientist in the movies? Like, why is that such an important, uh, element that they had to change for the movie version, you think? Well, she's a nurse in, like, the original first Thor comics, and the more recent ones, she is a doctor. So she moves Mm. up, she moves up there. Right. And she becomes Thor. But, you know. Right. That's. Yeah. You know. Well, wait, we'll wait on that. We'll, we'll <laughs> we'll wait on that. that. <laughs> the way they, yeah, I think the reason why they made her a scientist is to make the bridge between the like what makes Thor interesting to an Earthling is that he's basically an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a scientist trying to understand an alien is interesting. Right. And also it helps to bridge it all it helps to bridge the gap of somebody who doesn't know anything about the comics or anything about Norse mythology watching the movie. Yeah. Because not only is she someone who's sort of, she's not someone who's like entirely naive to what's happening because she can put it in the context of her work, which has been on like astronomy and whatever, space physics. So, so I have a quick little thing when, Loki and Thor are really young at the beginning of Thor 1. Is that, like, before humanity was created? Yeah. Because Loki needs to appear in Norse mythology. Okay. I have the script open. I'm gonna find it. (laughs) No, he has to... See, Loki has to appear as an adult... In Norse mythology. So that means whenever that stuff happened 10,000 years ago, it needs to it needs to happen in universe. So like we time hopped like 15,000 years in movie, which I think is interesting. Okay, yeah, I I, I never because really understood the passage of time. It looks time like and... he's like in his thirties, but he's <laughs> fucking yeah, he's fucking hundreds and he he could be thousands of years old. Yeah, and then everyone likes to point out that, like, all of the crazy events of, like, Dark World, Age of Ultron, Ragnarok, and, um, like, everything we see of him in the MCU is a relatively, like, tiny part of his life compared to, like, the rest of his life. Which is, like, wild! And it's, like, it it just clicked for me, and it was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, a wild thing to think about. I don't know, that's, it's kind of cool. He says, doesn't he say at one point that he's, like, 1,500 years old or something? That sounds I, right, but that doesn't even seem time-wise right. I don't know. Uh I don't know. I <laughs> think it's supposed. I think the scene at the beginning of Thor One, Odin is talking about stuff with the Vikings, as though that already went down. Yeah. So, yeah. But what time period? Mm. Were I don't the Vikings. Know. 
I'm sorry. This is this is this has become more of a know. history thing now. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're, it's, it's we're, just, we're getting off Marvel history 101. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, to, I don't know if you wanted to jump to Thor two, but Thor two kind of talks about uh, science a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, what Jane Foster was sitting on that table thing, and they were moving things and touching, you know, CGI buttons and stuff, and they were doctors, and they were using magic to treat her. Oh, oh, that scene. Okay, when they yeah. were like seeing, like finding the aether in her. Okay, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, and she was trying to like explain it, like, and they're like, "Oh no, it's I forgot the exact terminology they used because I don't remember anything about that movie." Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I everyone. do distinctly remember that. Um, so yeah, Thor: The Dark World didn't really expand on that too much, but um, it would have been nice. But yeah. yeah, but when we're moving on from Thor one, like the next, like I guess next in line will be like uh, Cap one and the Incredible Hulk. Which both had this uh, this through line of the super soldier serum, um, and yeah. to me the the way science and this is just my perspective. I want to hear your opinions, but um, I feel like it kind of uh, uses science in a very like mad scientist kind of way, like more so with the Hulk and a kind of uh, Jekyll Hyde uh, way. And I'm wondering, it looks like Betsy you put some links here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my question was like, are there other people in real? I mean, really? it's based off yeah. of like ideas of what like a super soldier can be. I mean, like, like in real life, people try to do that. The Nazis right. in real life try to do yeah. that. Um, the Nazis in, in real life thought the Aryans were super people. Uh, mm. like it's, I mean, literally, like Ubermensch. Uh, like thought they were super people. Um, I mean, then you have the. Uh, like the, uh, what's the LSD? What's the LSD thing called? MK Ultra. Like people thought that that made people sure. super powered and stuff. It's like secret government things that made people super powered. Like th- those are conspiracies that go around. Okay, but Does it, it is. I guess so. What you're saying it's it's actually rooted in like you know even though it's like a little deeper than uh... exactly you know, more transparent historical events and things that we all kind of know about. Like, there is... There is precedent for, like, crazy people... I mean, not crazy people, but, like, ambitious people trying to, uh... Yeah. Uh, find that kind of solution. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that that also goes back to, like, you know, like, stories about Hercules, who mm-hmm. is a demigod, who is half-human, half-god. So you have, like, you know, stories like that, where it's, you mm-hmm. know... Like, is that, is there, are there people like that in real life? I feel like it's been a science fiction kind of trope for so long that it, yeah, it's easily right. believable when you put it Super in. soldiers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do do you think there is a world where, like, uh, the first Captain America movie is possible where, like, it's, oh, we chose you for this program because you have, you have the biggest heart, you know, because you're the you best, have, like morally, you're the best person. Whereas, yeah, like, I'm I not feel even like sure. If... In real life, he wouldn't. They wouldn't choose morally the best person. They would choose someone who was like healthy and was like, already strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you oh. know, it's a good movie. <laughs> next, next time, Steve Rogers and those of his ilk. Um, yeah. So would Bruce, <laughs> would Bruce Banner have actually survived that? Uh, no. All that. Re- <laughs> no. <laughs> Nope. Nope. No. 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 Nope. That that kills you. Yeah. I think there was a there was a um, there was a Family Guy episode mm-hmm. where um, at Mayor Adam West tried to get superpowers, so he went to the toxic <laughs> dump, rolled around in 
toxic waste because as we all know in, in comic books yeah toxic waste yeah. gives you superpowers and he rolled around in it and then he went to the doctor and the doctor said you have cancer <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what would happen that's literally what would happen i yeah. mean it's like conceivable this is how i sort of rationalize it to myself sure that it could be like a kind of rapid mutation that is like cancer that's what i was thinking it is like but somehow it's triggered by his moods or whatever and can be reversible yeah um, but it's just like it's like not that much of a it's not that far. The suspension of disbelief is him not dying. If you get past right. that, then after that, it's like, okay, well, I guess we could, so, he could transform. So can, can Banner die? Like, like old age? I don't think so. Like if someone stabbed him. Like <laughs> really bad or cut his head off. Or I don't know. We should, I think yeah, he let's... would turn into the Hulk and then heal himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it, it's it's. Um. I mean, with that Edward Norton movie, like he had the. Uh, he was like keeping track of his pulse the entire movie, right? Yeah. Um. So it it was kind of more of the, you know, the adrenaline, like the kind of uh, fight or flight. Uh, aspect rather than like you know mm. like getting mad I guess which we're all yeah. or, you know we're used to the catchphrase you won't like me when I'm angry uh, and there's that, there's that freaking scene in that movie where like they're they're about to have sex and then uh, his his heart rate monitor starts beeping it's like oh yeah yeah I can't do this um, and then the kind of the most significant part of that movie which is the only thing that the other movies have kind of picked up upon is. Is him uh, jumping out of the helicopter in order to kind of in, to put himself in that state, um, and then like transform into the whole, which they hilariously subverted in Ragnarok. We should mention. Where he just uh, it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. That was a, that was a wacky little. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess in that case, like, he he hulked out and then got healed because he looks kind of dead for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, I think like, that was like, the idea. He looked like. Primo dead. Yeah. That yeah. was like that was very unsettling just watching like <laughs> his body flop onto Un, the like, onto the rainbow bridge. The close up of un of uh, unresponsive Mark Ruffalo is haunting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting if you talk about a progression of like the audience having to believe in more in the fantasy more and more. In the first mm-hmm. movie it's like okay, we can see that he like the Hulk comes out when he has high adrenaline. It's like a scientific sort of response. Yeah. But then in yeah, Infinity yeah. War, There's a quantity. The Hulk, he's yeah. got plenty of adrenaline. He's plenty mad. And the yeah, Hulk is yeah. just like, no. Yeah, for like emotional you know? reasons. Like, so, uh, like Hulk has Hulk consciousness. Is, the Hulk yeah. is his own character, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which in the comics makes sense. Yeah, because they like... But like, you know... Split, so. You know, it, it. we try to be... You know, not all the comics with the MCU, and it's yeah. Well, I think it can be a sort of like consciousness, subconscious sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, where they're 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 like two minds that are in the same person and like split. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't think we know enough about psychology to even try to start to explain that. Yeah, we'll get a fourth guest for that. Uh, No. uh... Um, so all of these worlds kind of, you know, we, we, we talked about 
Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, and Thor, and then they all collided in the Avengers. Um, yeah. Did that movie hold up in terms of, like, mashing them all together? Like, were, did you buy it, or did it feel... Did any, did any of the, was like, did it ever okay. feel incompatible? The mashing was like, okay. Mm-hmm. The science in that movie with the Tesseracts was like... What science yeah. in that movie? What are you talking about? There was. There was. And it was kind of like, oh, this is so campy. Oh, Loki's like, whole mind, like, mind control thing. Mm-hmm. Like, right? with, with uh, yeah. Peter Selvig, it was just like, oh, it's so cringe. There's <laughs> um, something about neutrinos. It was, yeah. it was so awkward. Yeah, every there was, time... There's an element that they were looking for. Hold on, I'm actually going to pull this up because I'm intrigued. Wasn't the element that Tony Stark created in Iron Man... First of all, Tony Stark created an element in Iron Man 2. We forgot to mention that. But I, I want to say that's like the same... Like, it has like the same like molecular structure as the Tesseract, I think. And, and like kind of its way to tie in with uh, all of the Avengers stuff. I mean, creating an element is like... that's. That's fine, comparatively. Yeah. Because people discover new elements by just, like, yeah. bringing electrons together really fast or whatever, so. But do they do it in their basement of their Malibu mansion? <laughs> if they're yeah, Tony I Stark. Mean, yeah, that's I mean, true. He, like, the, the key to figuring out that he needed, uh, that he needed, um, whatever, um, what is it called? The, like, to figure out how to create the element... Yeah, he needed like the picture of the Stark Fair because it was um, secretly a sure, sure the the atom. Yeah, I mean that that was a different suspension of disbelief that we're talking yeah, about there. Um, because I I'm just wondering about how they tried to um like oh, man like they they I mean I guess it made sense how they brought the how they brought all these heroes together through the Tesseract because. You know, it's from Thor's world, but, you know, Cap was, like, the first one to, like, kind of track it down in his movie. Mm. And I guess if that element thing is true, Tony Stark, that's why he's there. And then they hired they hired Bruce Banner to track it down because science, right? That was the reason why. Yeah, something, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, yeah, the... They need, they need it. They needed Bruce Banner because he the, he the Tesseract emitted about... gamma radiation. Right, and that's his And he field. knows stuff about... And that's his field. That's his field. Yes, about gamma radiation, radiation. however that relates to uh, magical blue cube that does space stuff. Um, Well, I don't know. Everything in the universe is something. Iridium. They needed a high high concentration of iridium. Iridium. Uh Was that when they went to Germany and then they, uh, the Wolke took the guy's eye? (laughs) Um, yes. Yeah. Um, fascinating movie. Joss Whedon, um, a <laughs> a powerhouse writer, uh, as we know him to be. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. It... <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, at that point, you just kind of I mean, because you see Thor and Iron Man in the same movie, you see them share the screen. Uh, does that kind of give? the filmmakers permission to do whatever the hell they want to after that just because like they oh, yes we we have these two here together like we like we can just do whatever we want to now or 
like, you know, when we get to, like, the Guardians films with all the sci-fi nonsense, like, do they give themselves leeway, or should we still hold them, um, you know, accountable in some way, like, um, in terms of, like, depicting science? Or is there just, or are there just no rules anymore at this point? Well, I think the Thor movies were still sort of at least trying to hold themselves accountable. Sure. They were succeeding maybe, like, 50%. <laughs> but they were putting the words on the chalkboard, or they were giving yeah. the explanations. Oh and the shit! And all that. Yeah. Okay. So when they, so I'm looking this up. Of course. Iridium is actually a good. When protons bounce off of iridium, it creates antiprotons. Uh huh. And that's actually what happened in the movie. Hey. Oh. The there you go. Protons, yeah. and then would bounce <laughs> off the iridium, and then once it bounced off the iridium, it would create antiprotons. Okay, uh, what does it say about being uh, helping um, create a portal to bring in giant space aliens and metal serpents? Uh, I mean, technically, <laughs> you could say that there are pockets like little infinitesimal pockets all across our planet that are just mm-hmm. opening up wormholes and closing them in yeah. instances but you know i mean there's i mean the whole universe has like background radiation right mm. so yeah. it could be like we're using this high power radiation object to like connect with it somewhere else i don't i don't know no that's that's, that's not how it that's works. not how it works <laughs> Probably not. It's um, it's space time and gravity and okay, stuff. It's never weird. Mind. I'm not a physicist. It's, yeah. it's, no, no, it's okay. It's it's weird. People don't get it, and they think that they yeah. It's just it's it's all over the place. Well, speaking of don't get it, uh, the Guardians movies, um, because they you they're just making up technology at that point because you are you're like a galaxy away, so you have. I I mean I guess you have that space pun not intended to. Um, kind of do whatever you want. So you have like you have a cybernetic raccoon. You have um a cybernetic Talking being. To... Yeah, you have you have a uh, nebula who's like literally like this this super augmented alien from being like ripped apart and rebuilt over and over again. Yes. Um, and whatever oh, wow. whatever Star Lord like always has in his bag, like all these crazy gadgets that he yeah. has. Um, at that point, it's just it's just space fantasy at that point. So there's not there's no um, I guess there's no plausibility required, and still the main question everyone asks is like, "Yo, how does he uh power his Walkman?" That's like the number one question people ask <laughs> in terms like, of like the batteries. accuracy of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I think I think one of the neater uh, images of that um of the second movie was when you know they crashed their ship in that planet. And Rocket's standing behind, and he's, like, repairing the ship. He has, like, this kind of gun device. He has a gun and... thing that's literally, like, making the ship what it was. It's, like, yeah. basically, if you had a spray if you had spray paint, that <laughs> sprayed literally what was already on the wall. Yeah, I want to say like, there was an yeah. actual, like, explanation behind that. It was, like, oh, it, ha- it has, like, 
like kind of like a memory imprint of the ship and it's kind of like uh rebuilding it in that way which like, i was like okay that's cool like that's you know cool. if you're gonna like make up fake signs at least make it in like a uh you know like star wars you can you can open a book and it'll explain like how all these things work even like you know the hyperdrive and all that stuff even the though crystals. it's not the, the light yeah. crystals that's yeah how, like hyper crystals lightsabers yeah. work it makes sense yeah exactly yeah. um I mean, I I have these freaking books from a, from like me like when I was a kid, and it has like the uh, it's the cross sections of all the ships, and it kind of like opens them up and dissects them and like tells you what each part of the ship is called, um, which is like so holy cool. St- yeah, yeah. Same with um and Betsy. I know you saw a lot of Star Trek recently. Is that right? Or, I have uh, seen a lot of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. This we can we can talk about science and Star Trek all day. Uh, uh like that, like the one that part in the movie where uh, they yes, get the they beam up the 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 two people and something goes wrong with the beaming thing and they come back all garbled and then the radio from like the base says. Uh, did they make it back? It's just like, what came back wasn't human. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck happened to them? I think I know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm thinking of a different Star Trek. It was like the opening scene Trek... of the movie of, like, the first... Like the original, original movie? Like... No, it's the... I think it was the opening of the first, the first Star Trek one? movie. It's, yeah. how, it's how Kirk got onto the Enterprise, because it was the captain that was supposed to be beamed up to the ship, mm. and that's what happened. Something yeah. malfunctioned. Yeah, yeah. I read about that on Wikipedia. I think I didn't actually watch the original movie. <laughs> I started with Wrath of Khan, man. Um, uh, I yeah, but there was a similar Star Trek Voyager episode where it was uh, Tuvok and Neelix that accidentally merged into one being in a transporter accident, and they just called him Tuvix. But they found a way to separate that, and there was this whole ethical dilemma. It was like, wait, but now he's he's like a new person. Can we just kill him like that? And it, it was. Yeah, bullshit. But it was yeah, really yeah. interesting, was, like interesting like point. ethical, yeah. yeah, ethical like dilemma there. Uh, nothing that like the MCU movies really get into, I, I would say. Um, but I mean, I, I guess the point I was just trying to make was that um, like large expansive universes like Star Trek and Star Wars, they, you know, they. I don't want to say they make up science, but they. They make it sound plausible by fleshing it out, you know. They ha- they also make it they they have more leeway because they can just say, well, it's aliens. Like yeah, aliens exactly. made this technology, so we don't have yeah. to explain it in our terms because it's yeah. not like our thing, you know. Yeah. So, but what about uh, Ant Man? Does not have that luxury. No. Um, is there anything you want to say about Ant Man, Betsy, to start us off? <laughs> well, the first one is like fine. <laughs> Sure. It's the okay. second one where they start like putting all of this bullshit in the quantum realm, where I start to mm-hmm. get really confused. Yeah, I'm thinking back on the first Ant Man movie and trying to remember how they explained how they explained it. The yeah, shrinking. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know because he still has like the same density i want to say the same mass maybe yeah so when when he's like little size he would still have relatively like he would still have the same strength of a normal sized person was what was how i understood it at first at first i don't think that's because what it is, though, i because if right that's what it is then yes. when he got big it would be the reverse exactly right? yeah i think it's um, when he's little he has this proportional strength of what ants have and ants can lift a lot more than their body well can. yeah like what's it like it's they is it is it 
a hundred times their size. Is that the yeah. right number? Or yeah, roughly. Um, yeah, and then Giant Man is just I you know yeah. <laughs> I think it's well, it's it's got to be like warping. I don't know. It's changing the mm. boundaries of space. Or <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. It 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 it's. It, the um the concept of pim particles, which is like what kind of gives them their shrinking and growing abilities, it's kind of like um whenever I see people talk about it online, they always liken it to the Speed Force in the DC universe, <laughs> where it, it like the Flash, like the comics and the show and all of that stuff, anything involving the Flash, has a lot of BS. And whenever something crazy, inexplicable happens, usually for like plot reasons. It's just kind of waved off us. Oh yeah, that's the speed force. That's the speed force. So in that, in that <laughs> loop, it's like, oh yeah, pim particles. That's just that's the explanation for whatever just happened. Pim particles. And why yeah. are pim particles like pim particles? Because they're pim particles. And it just kind of goes in this infinite yeah. loop feedback where it's like, ah, just forget about it. Just shove the popcorn in your face and accept that they're pim particles. Yeah. Um, so they can't they can't breathe normally if they don't have the mask, right? If they're if they're smaller giant. Yeah. Um, because yeah, and um, I always, I always, I never really liked that because I feel like in the comics they always have. They, you can see their faces, right? You can see Ant Man and the Wasp's faces, um, which kind of I think adds a little more character. And I think in the in a movie uh, sense, it would kind of give them more of an opportunity to emote and actually act rather than like have a stunt double in a suit or something like that. Uh, but. I don't know. It's it's weird that that's like that. It was the scientific accurate, quote unquote, thing they were trying to go for an Ant Man. Um, so what was it about the second movie, Betsy, that irked you? Well, <laughs> is, I think the second one probably did the the worst defenses. Hmm. Yeah, I would in agree with that. If the if sure. like Thor one did a good job, in my opinion, <laughs> then Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp did like the worst job because mm. I Chris and I saw it at the same time and i remember going out of the theater and just being like what the fuck <laughs> like you can't just add i know it was a joke in the movie but you can't just add quantum to everything and expect us all to believe yeah. you like yeah how how like what is this other world that they're going to mm-hmm. how are you like I don't know. I don't know a lot about quantum physics because, like, I'm a bio major. It's been a while since I took physics. I just sort of read about sure. it sometimes. But I do yeah. understand the basics of, like, particles that are able to exist in two states at once and, like, making machines that can – theoretically making machines that can, like, calculate based on both of those things. And it seems like such a far cry from this – very theoretical field to like oh we're gonna take a journey into another (laughs) magical world where there are like animals somehow and like janet van dyne can survive there for decades and like yeah tardigrades or something i mean it has this it has this kind of like jules verne feel to it almost like um which I would have liked better if they spent more time in the movie, if they, like, went that route of, like, oh, like, journey to the center of the atom or whatever the f- yeah. like, whatever the hell they were going for. Yeah. And I think if they did it like that, then it would be more believable, too, because then yeah. you're, like, in the fiction. Whereas the way they do mm-hmm. it, it's just, like, ten minutes of absolute weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, what the hell were they breathing down yeah. there? 
<laughs> they just it's not it's not air. Yeah. Yeah. I think my problem with Ant Man and the Wasp isn't even the plot stuff so much as it is how they pretend that they're explaining it, but they're actually not even a little bit explaining it. It's yeah. like it would be better if it was done in the way that like Guardians of the Galaxy is, where it's just like, oh, here's some weird stuff that mm-hmm. exists, you know, and we're gonna maybe give it a name, but like that's it. I think because it mm-hmm. takes away from because it's not because like everyone watching it knows that it's not realistic, so that you now you're just taking time away from like the plot of the movie, and you're confusing yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, it just becomes, like, just excessive exposition, and, I mean, I guess they tried to lampshade it when, like, uh, Scott Lang's like, okay, I don't know what anyone's talking about, which is, like, kind of a ha-ha moment, but, um, well, that, that's kind of, like, it's, it, I mean, it, it, the movie's making an effort to try to make a lick of sense, and it just isn't, which, like, makes it, the fact that it's trying and failing, uh, like, makes that even worse, like you were saying. Um, so yeah, hot take, Ant-Man the Wasp, uh, terrible science movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't think that's a hot take. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very yeah. funny. Like, there are good things about it, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the part when he's, like, uh, like, like, little kid yeah. size was hilarious. Um, uh, Doctor Strange. Um, he is a doctor. He's a doctor of medicine. He's a surgeon. Yes. He is yes. a, um... But he kind of goes through this arc where he kind of accepts the accepts the reality of magic, the mystic, of the mystic arts. arts. Yeah. yeah, the mystic arts. Um, he's not a wizard; he's the master of the mystic arts. Um, so what did that? Um, I don't know. Talk to me about um, kind of the fact. Like, I feel like that plot was. Maybe Thor 1 was a little bit, but I feel like more so than Thor 1, Doctor Strange was more about uh, the relationship between science and quote-unquote magic as, like, a theme to its story. Um, Does Mm -hmm. anyone have any thoughts on the Doctor Strange movie? I I mean, I think there's more spiritual elements to it. Like, it's more like spiritual thing. It's not like magic. It's not magic or fantasy it's more spiritual stuff mm-hmm. and if the spiritual is real then all that other stuff is real like that's the that's the boundary does that make sense i guess so yeah i'm, I'm thinking a lot about the scene where um where he's talking to the ancient one for the first time and he's he's trying to process everything that the ancient one is telling him but in kind of like scientific terms mm-hmm um well, it's science it's science day. He, does, he doesn't believe it's in science. It's his science. And, yeah um it's his science. yeah in, in the super future all of what was discussed is science you are like being very intimate through a microphone right now and i'm very uncomfortable <laughs> um uncomfortable <laughs> or comfortable this is anthony's asmr hour I need to take my Doctor Strange. This is too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Doctor Strange was an interesting one. I mean, I I I, I liked um uh sitting next to my dad while watching Doctor Strange because he is a doctor. Um, <laughs> How did he feel him, about like, it? Uh, I mean, like, like there were like little things about um like just just 
like being able to walk into a certain room in the hospital and he was like no you can't do that he wasn't even talking about like the surgery or like how hospital like he was just talking about like the logistics of how hospitals run which i found really funny yeah he um, appeared into the closet and then somehow can he just be thrown on a table like that and no one give a shit no no not at all no um i mean i even I if it's late at night uh i guess not but um i i do remember him like wait it wasn't late at night no, it was it, it was like the day. during the day, yeah. Uh, my my mom and dad, because like they both went to medical. That's how they met. They went to medical school, and they were like they were kind of like whispering to each other like during the first surgery scene in Doctor Strange, like, okay, finally, I got the got them interested in something here. <laughs> and then it became like Mads Mikkelsen and his weird eyes, um, <laughs> which you know, yes. which I'm, which I, well, that's what I was there for. You were um, there for the weird eyes. Yeah, yeah. Mads Mikkelsen always has weird eyes in his appearances. <laughs> Um. What, so, what about yeah. in Rogue One? Uh, I, I guess not. I'm thinking like Casino Royale. Uh, what happens in Casino Royale? Oh, he has like a scar over his eye because like um, James Bond villains are always like deformed in some way. Uh, oh, that's good. And then of course, uh, Death Death Stranding. He's what? got a lot of weird eye stuff going on there. Um. Oh, he does it. Yeah, he does. Anyway, Death Stranding, very scientifically accurate. Oh, wait, no, he does. he does. Yeah, he, he does. He does. Stranding. You're right. He does. Um, so. You're right. Do you. F- I felt like the science aspects of Spider Man Homecoming were kind of de emphasized. Did anyone else feel that? Was there I any science? There was the I mean, one was, scene of him. They could have been, like, really cool and talked about how he made his webbing. They, yeah. There was they one shot of him, he like, does mixing it in something. Chem lab, yeah. Which is. He, like, yeah. he like, has. How does which he have cool. that much. I don't know. How does he... How, how does he have the ingredients to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like, so... He, sh- how did he come up with it? Yeah. It seems so yeah. unsafe that he was just, like, hiding it in a drawer, but at the same time, that's so, like, 15-year-old boy that I totally... Yeah, agree. that's true. Yeah. He and had, it's like, kind of cool how he like, lifted up the entire rack of of uh, lockers Yeah. and then pulled it oh. out. It would have been... Do you want to make that scene super funny? He landed it and then ran out and then... All of a sudden, a, like a dorky kid falls out of the lockers and like, <laughs> like covers his mouth because he feels like he's gonna throw up. That poor boy. Funny. Um, um, yeah, he but, he has the formula like sc- like scribbled onto a like a piece of paper in that scene. I think. So like, but did, did anyone remember what was on it? Like, like how does he know what is in it? Like, what is the thought process? Did he did he test it? He did must he... have. Yeah. But like, why hasn't like anyone else made himself. that webbing? Why hasn't anyone else made that webbing? Does he? Does he? Like, does as Ned said, uh, leak uh, like uh. like fluids? Uh, I think Spider-Man: Homecoming is fun because they don't explain how he has his powers at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. here you yeah. go, fully fledged. We know how he has boy. his powers. Yeah, we don't need to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. No he was, uh, he was bit by a radioactive spider. Yeah. Okay. And we've already got, like, Bruce Banner. We've already got Speed Rogers, so it's fine. Yeah. It's, let's watch that Andrew Garfield movie again. Uh, no, it's not. Watch that <sighs> movie. Um, so, I mean, so what, what would happen if you're actually... Well, I mean, I think in modern interpretations of Spider-Man, it's not a radioactive spider. I think it's a, like, a genetically modified spider of some sort. Um, I think that's how the movies did it. Like the the like the Maguire, Toby Maguire, and the Andrew Garfield movies did it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I assume I, it's it's a genetically engineered spider, not a radioactive spider. 
Oh, yeah. They're interesting to modern audiences, I guess, because no one cares about radioactive stuff anymore. Um, so what, what would happen in real life if you got bit by that kind of spider? <laughs> uh, probably you're, the, the, the spider would have to be so genetically engineered that if it bit you, it would have to emit its DNA and fuse with your DNA. And then not only that, uh-huh. your DNA would have to change so quickly and so rapidly that your change that the changes are almost instantaneous. Yeah. No, it's like uh. the closest <laughs> thing you're the, you're the you're the biologist. The closest thing that I can think of to that happening is like bacteria that have transposed that have like mutated genomes that are because their genomes are just like one big circle and sometimes they Mm -hmm. can pick up like they can trade with bacteria of the same species or different species or like viruses can go in there and splice it and then carry it out and that's how like different whatever so but that's bacteria that's just like single cell organism (laughs) um (laughs) yeah like it could be some kind of complicated genetic virus that is coming in and taking pieces of mm-hmm. the that has like the spider's DNA. It takes pieces of it and then goes into your cells and then and like, then the, but then the white like, blood cells but like would need to like would react to it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my solution is that we test this out. See, this is uh, this is so why they don't ra- this is why they don't talk about it at all in Spider-Man: Homecoming. They've done enough bullshit already. <laughs> They don't need, they don't they don't need, need to hear the bullshit. And yeah. I think they just need the that's cool more... I think that's another example of how the MCU does it right. If it's too ridiculous, other than Ant-Man and the Wasp, if it's, like, too ridiculous and they can't get... and they don't want... and they can get past it, they'll get past it. Yeah. They ignore hmm. it. Um, Betsy, do you want to talk about Bruce Banner being in that, uh... Like, yeah. the, the line of pictures of scientists? I, I just I just like that he's there. He's like, there's a shot where you see Peter's classroom. I think it's like a yeah. biology yeah. or physics room. And he's one and of you the have Albert Einstein and... And Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, well, one, one of the greats. One of the greats. Um, yeah, I mean, so much so that they... But this segues into something that I want to talk about, which is not just <laughs> yes. portrayals of science like as yeah sort of explanations for technology or phenomena but mm-hmm. also portrayals of scientists because the mcu yes. has quite a few of them when you think about like tony stark who's a great engineer um spanner mm-hmm. shuri um helen cho who's in age of ultron and like so yeah. many other cool characters um mm-hmm. like um yeah and bruce banner there's like there's a line in Thor Ragnarok, right? That <laughs> makes me so annoyed <laughs> that I I told like everyone I know in various science fields about it because I'm just like you guys can't like I can't believe they put this in there where he says that he has seven PhDs. No human person has ever had seven PhDs, and I like I believe you that. What are those seven PhDs even in? <laughs> right, like. He doesn't need them. <laughs> like, here's the thing. If you are a gamma scientist, gamma radiation <laughs> yes. scientist, yeah. and, right, that's, that's it, right? Um, that's what he is. That's what he is. That's extent. his specialty. And, and, like, he has a doctorate in that. And he did theses 
on the same type of thing. Like if he did six more theses on gamma radiation, that's not six more doctorates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you want to do seven doctorates, that would take yep. you probably like it's 40, 40 50 years. years. Yeah. 40 years. I mean, you could theoretically say like, okay, he did some kind of special project and he finished it really quickly. But <laughs> but why would he That's want two PhDs. to? Why would he want to? He's like forgetting about the power of extra credit. He would want to like he would want to be working on his research or like teaching students because like canonically he taught at some university. I forget which one. Mm -hmm. It's really funny, actually, if you read his bio in the Marvel Cinematic Universe wiki, it's like, oh yeah, he Uh has his whole academic history. And then somebody just put in there (laughs) after Ragnarok came out, like in the course of his life bruce banner acquired seven phds and it's like they didn't even try to justify it because clearly it's ridiculous science citation needed yeah (laughs) uh he got a phd in space because he was one of the only human beings to go Uh, with space space yeah i mean i have seen like like headcanons that is like he just says that in Ragnarok because he thinks it will impress Thor and then Thor will get off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which I really yeah. like. I like it's that. It's like, actually, he I just like has that one. A little bit better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or maybe two. Maybe you two. Can get two PhDs. He could, he could do, do like biology PhDs. and nuclear physics yeah. or something. Right. Like, yeah. that's fine. I, I, I know people who have two PhDs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I know of people that exist that have People two exist in the world that have two. Yeah. Yeah. See, this made me, this, I know this is going to be a tangent, but this made me think about, um, <laughs> you know how they have um, baby Looney Tunes? What if they had baby Marvel, like baby Marvel superheroes? That, I think that's literally a cartoon. That's literally a thing. Oh my God, it is. I forgot it yeah. existed. Um... Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look it up, but. Um, no, no, it is. But... I remember reading the little. I remember oh the comics. They're like crawling on like like Hulk. Like Hulk is like like looks like a like a like a medium sized kid and all the babies yeah. are like baby cap and baby Spider Man are crawling on top of him. It's very I'm cute. sure there's fan art like that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called Marvel Superhero Adventures. I think there's literally like a baby Punisher, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> wow. um, Considering yeah. if anyone's been following along what we've been what we talked about with the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there was there anything? Did everything else that Bruce Banner said in Ragnarok was that all? I mean, there was the part when he's kind of glowing about uh, what they called the Devil's Anus, which yeah. was uh, that was a lot of dialogue. Is that right an there. Einstein Rosenberg? A collapsing neutron star inside of an Einstein-Rosenberg bridge, mm-hmm. yeah. which yeah. those all those words are real. <laughs> but together. <laughs> I believe you. But together. the fa- How would he know that that is a collapsing neutron star inside of an Einstein-Rosenberg He's never bridge? been in slight space before. How is he... S- Whatever. Exactly. Our the urban the representations that we have of neutron stars and Einstein Rosenberg bridges are artistic. Yeah. There's no like we have never seen them in like we have <laughs> pictures of neutron stars of right. collapsing neutron stars, but we have like infrared pictures. Yeah. So it's yeah. just it's it's baffling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's I don't think Matthew McConaughey saw one in Interstellar and like. Relate to us what that yeah. looks like. Um, 
Uh, yeah, okay, that's Ragnarok, I guess, unless yeah. I'm missing anything else, because Ragnarok was kind of, um, I mean, that was Taika Waititi kind of, like, changing the tone of the Thor franchise, so I felt that, uh... Made it well, wackier, I think similar different. to the Guardians movies, it's like, sure. we can have whatever yeah. insane shit because we're in space. Yeah. Like, who knows yeah. how old the Grandmaster is? Who cares? Yeah. We're not gonna talk about relativity, you know? it's just funny. He's here. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Um... The reason why I care so much about that line <laughs> from Bruce Banner, yeah. uh, besides it just like being ridiculous, is that like sort of goes back to what I said at the beginning about science and media as a way of like showcasing scientists in the real world and how mm. you can sort of get uh, some kind of idea from watching a scientist who is portrayed well in a movie of what yeah. somebody who does that job in real life like what their life is like and if bruce banner is just like oh yeah i have seven phds that gives anybody who's watching it who doesn't who's not in an academic field which is like yeah most people kind of a a ridiculous idea of what Mm -hmm. science a phd is like you know like imagine if like a 10 year old who wants to go be a biologist is watching that and they're like oh no i need seven phds like no you don't you're good. I'm going to have 10. <laughs> no. <laughs> it sort of like, minimizes it, 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 the actual work that it takes to be in an academic field and to get a PhD. And like, yeah. And yeah. it makes it sound like it's an, it's an attainable goal, which it absolutely is not. But it also makes it sound like that's what you want out of science. Like you just want to rack up the numbers when it's actually yeah. about going into one thing and like it's about making a difference. And getting really yeah. good at it. Yeah. You're not considered to be smart unless you have all of these PhDs, like which is, which like, is not, not true at how all. It works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have... Yeah, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Shuri as a character, actually. She's the oh, yeah? next oh, thing okay. on our... The next thing are, uh, on the list. Um, like, obviously she's a cool character, and, like, she's fun to watch, mm-hmm. and she's funny, and she's really inspiring. But I think similar to saying Bruce has seven PhDs, she sort of seems to be an expert in everything at the age of, like, 18. And I feel like that gives so much pressure. That puts so much pressure on her. That I'm, like, whenever I see her on screen, I'm just like, oh, no, she's going to have to do, like, everything. And that Yeah, and they they, they even have that scene of her, like, um, kind of, uh, oh, that's okay, you tried your best to to Bruce Banner in Infinity War. Um, It's kind of, like, asserting her, like intelligence like over over this like adult man with seven phds i might add um but um <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that the 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 ending of black panther They're, they they decided to like what make a bunch of community centers i guess yeah. which uh in itself like there, there are some things that should be talked about that in, in another episode the fact that like they might you know displace people in this in this uh area of Oakland, but, like, the fact that, like, their solution is, okay, our way of outreaching to, to, um, to these communities is by teaching them STEM, you know, teaching I them, mean, I don't, that's a good yeah. thing to do, like, yeah. that, that was definitely needed, like, STEM education. Right. I do want to also point out, sucks. arts are important. Yeah. Arts are necessary yeah. in a society. Yeah. Totally. There are many people um, out there who think that only STEM is important. Yeah. If you only have STEM in your life, then you live an unfulfilling life. That's oh, true. Oh yeah. That is totally. that is my. Yeah. There we go. 
That is my serious note of the day. Yeah. Make Wakandan art centers in Oakland. Um, they, my, I was watching, uh, so I talked about my dad with Doctor Strange. My mom was just like, not down for Shuri while, while you were watching Black Panther. She was like, okay, I get she's smart, but like, she doesn't even have any assistance. Like, there's like, it's just literally her in this lab. It's like, what is, like, how is this even, she this is assistance? totally unrealistic. Well, she had assistance. I don't. Does she? I didn't. I don't remember any Black yeah. Panther to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they don't come up. They're just there. They're there. It was just like them. it was just like her and her like her electronic music in her like little cave, um, like in her little like downward staircase spiral uh, glowy lab, and uh, it was a cool. It was a very cool like. Q from James Bond scene, but like even Q like has like some like extras like walking around with lab coats and like yeah okay Chris, pressing I a button a, or something. I have a question. Yeah, what is more of a realistic universe, mm-hmm. the MCU or Overwatch? Why are you bringing Overwatch into this? <laughs> I, I will get to it. I want to ask. What is I guess of... the MCU. I don't okay, know. Then my point is then my point's invalid. Uh, the creator oh, uh... of um, Arissa is, like, a little kid. Yeah. And that's a very, like, like, in terms of, like, image of, like, hey, um, you know, like, you two can, like, get into STEM, which is, like, I think a very important part of, um, of Shuri. Like, that's, that's, like, the exciting part of that character, and that's why, like, you know, a lot of people, myself, like, are really into her. Yeah, Um, that's why she's an incredible character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think my mom was just like uh, questioning like the practicality of this scenario, which I don't know. I was like arguing with her about it, but I, I mean, it's do do you think there's like any truth to that? I mean, do should we care first of all that like it's if it like whether it's realistic or not? No, nah. um, I mean if it represents. Yeah, nah. I don't think it matters a ton. <laughs> not so much as mm-hmm. like other things that we could talk about but <laughs> yeah um it is sort of like if you want to portray a realistic lab setting like your mom is right that she wouldn't be yeah. the only one there also she probably wouldn't be doing like she probably wouldn't be designing new like weapons or car remote driving mm. things in the same place as she was doing like medical work mm-hmm. you know like, <laughs> yeah like, yeah the way that they depict her lab it seems like wakanda has one center for all of the sciences <laughs> and it's shuri's yeah. place and it's like she is brilliant but is she really your top expert on like every field that's just like, not only like, expert that seems like not like when lie. does she sleep like when did mm-hmm. she have time to master all of this stuff yeah you know yeah like, like, where did she study all of this? Like, it could be equally inspirational to see a bunch of different characters who are all, who are like, yeah. to have some really good doctors and some really good engineers, and, like, they're all... Yeah, like, what does a hospital in Wakanda look like? What does a school in Wakanda look like? Like, those were... That's why I wanted this movie to be, like, a freaking HBO miniseries and just, like, kind of flesh out the entire society. Um, because, like, they're, they're technologically the, I advanced, I think they will but, like, in the sequel, and the third movie, and the fourth movie, and the fifth movie. Yeah, the Wakanda Cinematic um, Universe. The one, yeah, will. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty much, um, because I feel like, um, there is a line of dialogue by M'Baku in the, the, uh, the challenge thing, the challenge day scene, where he kind of, he was kind of like, um, 
criticizing, you know, the 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 mainline like Wakanda people and saying how all of their technological advances are from like one little girl and it's like, oh shit, then like Shuri is like the foundation of this entire society in a way. Like she is the reason why they are able to like do any of this. Was that what they were implying? Um so then without her, like what <laughs> What do you even? What, what were they like before yeah, her? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they saw flying ships in flashbacks before she was even born. So, um, I guess there was like previous Shuri's uh, before her. Then she kind of, I guess. She's just the most recent and the most, the, the most brilliant, the most creative. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. If you have a so, so this is actually comes down to a lot of socioeconomic issues. But if you have a society that doesn't have to worry about day-to-day life, you can have people that are that like can read and learn and be more educated at a younger age. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So, if this society doesn't have to worry about certain things by on a day-to-day level because they are so they already have so many technological advances before Shuri then yeah. she can then she can learn all this stuff real quick and really easily right. because they have they have not only they don't only have the the material to teach but they have better methods on teaching right like mm-hmm. this is not only a society that has cool tech this is also a society that functions like 10 times faster and 10 times more efficiently than ours yeah from so what we've seen, yeah, yeah. So, like, think about it. Ye- like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, education took years to get like doctorates and PhDs. Now we have, we know how long it takes. And then, like, think about it in the future. It could be even faster. Mm-hmm. You can get seven PhDs, maybe. <laughs> you can get seven PhDs. <laughs> you still might not need. That's, well, that's why. That's why PhDs <laughs> yeah. were so highly regarded in the past is because it took so long to get one. Right. Mm-hmm. So Shuri is just like there. There's a wisdom, combination of but other also factors. By her, yeah, her, her her surroundings. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. But so I think yeah, when it comes to like talking about how science works in the MCU, you also have to think about how the society works and how people can certain things can be promoted in a mm, society yeah, that has certain true. things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like you, you have people folk like if if you learn that there are aliens, you have more people focusing on space age tech, right? Because there's more people mm-hmm. interested in it. So, yeah, I mean, and little, that, that was kind of like a this. big point of Avengers One, where like they they have technology from the the destroyer from Thor One, and they have the Tesseract, so they're able to kind of um. Uh, it's like builds almost, off of those things. Yeah, build. build yeah, I mean, but it, it turns into like a, a kind of arms race where it's like Earth is trying to be more equipped to handle uh, excess, like extraterrestrial threats, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Which is like a cool way of kind of like uh, interweaving all these different worlds together. You know, like the um, yeah the um, the fantastical elements of Thor uh, colliding with the realism of uh, Iron Man that turns into an actual plot point, which I think is like really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, there's, um, I believe, I forget what it is, but there's a TV show or a movie, um, or something, or a book where, um, society (laughs) advanced because they interacted with aliens, but it didn't happen in another timeline, 
So there are two timelines that are basically identical, Ooh. except one timeline interacted with aliens and one didn't. And because of that, that society is more advanced. I mean, that's how the Star Trek, like when you add the uh, the Enterprise show, you know, they're kind of like being handheld by the Vulcans, and that's kind of how they. Which is why Enterprise is like I have a big problem with Enterprise because it make, it it makes like the uh, the accomplishments of Earthbound people like less significant because the Vulcans already had all that information. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess in that way it'll be like the real world versus the Star Trek universe. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Let's let's wait a few decades and see if First Contact happens at the same time as the Star Trek universe. Hopefully, and, uh, we'll see whatever goes <laughs> <from> there. <laughs> Hopefully, they 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 help us out real well and don't just be like, oh, yeah. we're, we're shit. Yeah. It's like, please, yeah. come on, guys, please. <laughs> yeah. I bet there is, like, uh, some sort of alien scout watching us, and like, oh, no, these guys are shit, let's not even bother with them. <laughs> and then, and but, like, what if there's that one dude on that ship who's just like, wait, 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 these guys might have potential. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then, and then 2016 no happened, and it was just like, yeah. uh, I owe you a drink, and then they fly off yeah, into sure. the sunset, or whatever the alien drink, uh, We'll we'll workshop that screenplay, Anthony. We'll get it. Yes. Who added all these links about the Infinity Stones? Oh, that was me. not me. That was me. <laughs> so not all. There, of this there was is a few me. movies. Oh, that's that, your Tumblr, there was right? a few like YouTube videos I watched about like the power of like how much power he needs to snap his fingers. Yeah. Um. Because remember, there's six fucking black holes. Yeah. So like. How much power is needed just to physically move his fingers in a snapping fashion? Luckily, he's a titan or whatever. Yeah. Super yeah. powerful alien. I always thought about that actual, All that for like, a drop of blood. Yeah. Um, I watched it the other day uh, with commentary, so. Yeah, yeah I, I think I've rewatched it, like, every other day since I got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably um, gonna watch it again without, uh, without Lord, commentary. Okay. Uh, Betsy, what what were you? What were these links that you added here that I have uh, yet to um, look at for some reason? Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious what what's to extrapolate from from this because like my my prompt was like now do I'm reading the exact quote now that we have goddamn infinity stones does science even matter anymore? <laughs> yeah, well, I think the first part of my answer to that question was. <laughs> Not really, because Thanos doesn't need to care about science because he has this mm-hmm. sort of infinite power. Um, right. One thing that I think for me and maybe some other people, although probably not that many people, that was really sure. hard to grapple with in watching Infinity War is that his plan to quote-unquote balance the universe makes literally no sense. Um, eh. Because if you look at like how population ecology actually works he would just create more chaos. Um, I saw this Tumblr post um, like a few months ago, right after after the movie came out, that was basically saying, like, actually people have done small studies on this where, um, like, Mm. a biological experiment where some beetles were placed in an environment where all their needs were met finitely, finitely, and then after a certain point they would remove a percentage of the adults and then... From around 50%, they would let the population grow back, and either it would cause uncontrolled population growth again, or it would cause massive population decline, depending on, like, which beetles are left. Right. Yeah, it's so they're like, yeah, I was gonna 
add on top of that, there's like a hundreds of population studies, like mathematically and uh, biologically, of like what happens when populations get out of control and what needs to happen to sustain them. But, yeah. Sorry, go back to what you were saying. Yeah. The, I was just going to I was just going to cite that this is if you look up flower beetle chaos population dynamics. Um, mm. That's what I'm referencing. Um okay. but Yeah, it's basically like Thanos read the first two pages of a eugenics book and then just <laughs> sort of ran with it and didn't bother mm-hmm. to look at the rest. Or talk to anyone, right. or like get anyone to like, <laughs> you know, like in in like a science yeah. world, if somebody was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this massive experiment," you need to get people to like <laughs> test it with you first, you know? Or he's just like, "No, I'm going for Look, it." Look, he did test it. He tested it on planets, and he killed half of the population. Uh, he tested it's it. a paradise now. And That's what he said. Uh, Except that, doubtful. no, like, somebody pointed out, I remember seeing this, that Gamora is actually the last survivor of her planet. So, did it work? Is, no. it, a, is it a paradise because there's no, uh, there's no people like, living it? creatures on it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, I mean, this is kind of an overarching thing, but I think Infinity War brings us, when it comes to this type of conversation, it brings us to... Like, the physical science of the Infinity Stones, Thanos snapping his fingers, blah, blah, blah. But it also brings us into the ethics of science. Yeah. And how, because eugenics is a big thing. (laughs) Wow, understatement. Eugenics is a big thing. Yeah. I mean, like. Go ahead. I mean, like, when it comes to, like, understanding Thanos. And you mentioned it. Yes. Betsy, you mentioned how, like, and, and there are so many people out there that, think that eugenics is a good idea yeah. or that oh we just need to make people not have children anymore or <sighs> other things and Jeez. it's like that's not the problems that we as humans are like that those aren't the overpopulation isn't as big as a problem that humans are describing yeah the bigger problems are like learning to control disease outbreaks land use and, like, and, and land use land use Smarter agriculture so that we can actually feed everyone. You know, like Thanos, if you care so much about saving the universe, why did you just, like, bring back all of our extinct species and, like, our, Mm -hmm. like... So, so the idea with that... oceans, whatever. And and this was from the commentary, because the, the Russo brothers and Marcus and McFeely both brought this up. Um... Where they said, like, yeah, we got a lot of criticism saying, like, oh, why didn't he just make double of everything? It's like, well, they don't learn from that. He's crazy. Right. He he has his own evil, his chaotic evil. Is he lawful evil or chaotic evil? <laughs> I think lawful because he has his own morality that he prescribes to. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he is lawful evil. Um. So he, sure. his... Like, they were saying, like, oh, he can't just double everything because they don't... People, like, intelligent beings won't learn how to sustain themselves. If they if he just doubles everything, then they'll use up all the doubling, and then they'll just have to keep doing it over and over again. And that's not sustainable. 
uh, I think another thing that they were talking about, and I, I'm probably just paraphrasing, but they were talking about how you know Thanos' plan is inherently irrational, you know. Yes. And I think, but I think that's something that did not register well in the movie itself without the commentary, because yeah. it, it feel like the it, it feel like it's trying to make his solution sound too plausible to make him sympathetic as a character, which I guess is not what they were going for, but that's what it felt like. That's and that's what a lot of people take away from it too, because all yeah. the reviews are yeah. like, "Oh, Thanos is such a good villain." Like, you really, like, understand his point of view. And I'm sitting there like, no, I don't. I think it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, there's... It's... It's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, um... I don't know. I I, I was going to bring up there's a lot of people I know that think that Thanos is actually right. Uh, uh, That I've seen. Yeah. And, And it's like, uh... Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't think you guys were real. Uh, uh, I, I Sam, Sam Reardon. Had... Sam Reardon did the uh, Infinity War episode with us. That was yeah. episode four of AP Marvel, and uh, shortly after, they started sending me screenshots of tweets who were citing Thanos as like a correct example. So, like for example, um, what was it? The um, when they tried to open the embassy in Jerusalem, and there were a lot of Palestinians who were killed in uh, during protests. There was some comment was like oh you know it's for the greater good just think about Thanos and that was a real tweet from a real person that Sam decided to screenshot and send to me it's like see I told you I told you these people exist Uh, like oh my god Um, oh my god God. that's why like Uh, bad portrayal I mean Um, that's why this shit is dangerous well I just think that I just think that people are dumb yeah like I think that's just dumb people I think they already have problems by themselves yeah. without the movie. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh... I mean, like, for example, uh, what is it? American History X is like a portrayal of how evil people can be, and people are just like, and then neo Nazis take this like, oh, that's who I want to be. Yeah, or, like, or like when like people mean... some, someone says their favorite movie is Fight Club, and it's like, oh yeah, I started my own Fight Club after I saw Fight Club. I'm like, dude, that is not the point of what Fight movie? Club, you idiot. You did yeah. not. You did not <laughs> like, watch Fight Club. Like. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like when people see these movies, they're just like, "Oh, I should do that." It's like, no, they don't. Like, it's the same people who, with people who think that, like, "Oh, start look at Starship Troopers. Look how great that system is." It's like, uh, look, look how much they love the military and stuff. It's like, no, you fucking idiots! It's mocking hyper patriotism and fascism. You pieces of human garbage! Oh my god. We can go on and on with examples because there are just so many of them. It's so many um, examples of movies that are portraying something, so you get an idea of what's bad. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone's yeah, they're yeah, like because, some because the heroes lose because the good the bad guy's idea is bad. Yeah, it's bad. And not to mention Thanos cheated. Like the the Infinity Stones are cheat codes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he kills people. Like, like when, when, I mean, like whenever someone, like you know, uh, the Scarlet Witch or Star Lord, when they were willing to sacrifice their their loved ones, uh, which is more of a thematic thing than like a practical scientific thing. Like Thanos is kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna undo this because I have the power to do that. Like this unrealistic power to reverse or prevent whatever you just did. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, cheat codes. The Thanos has the Konami code, yeah. and that's the Konami code to the universe. That's how he. That's how he won by just like 
sp- literally spitting on signs and be like, hey, I got these stones. I can literally reinvent the rules of how reality works. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I think, I mean, this is a, a topic for another time, but I think having a, a conversation about ethics when it comes to science is super important. Mm-hmm. You are given these tools. You give, You are given the tool of knowledge. And you have to use it wisely to help and protect people. Yeah. And if you use it to hurt and kill people, it's bad. That's it. Um, but with Thanos, uh, with specifically with the movie, um, I think that four, whatever four is about, they'll cover more of the ethics of what he did, and like why it's bad. Like they'll show how I irrational. It will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that. I feel like that's that's going to be part of it. Yeah. It's like this person's irrational. Yeah, yeah, but you bring up a really good point that I think kind of um, can tie, kind of tie in all the movies together. The the the, um, the idea of responsibility yeah. with the, uh, the the power that you have of like scientific knowledge and resources. So, you know, Tony Stark and Obadiah Stane, like they decided to use their responsibility in very different ways. Um, Ant Man, like the first Ant Man, that that was the whole dilemma. You know, like. Shrinking, apparently shrinking people can change the course of war, of warfare. <laughs> and that's what that movie became about. Yeah, but like, um, I, I mean, I see this all the time because it's a, it's a problem that people, that we're dealing with where we have mm-hmm. computer scientists all, 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 like in Silicon Valley across the country and NSA who do their job unethically. Yeah. And they don't think mm-hmm. about how other human beings are going to be impacted by their choices. Right. And it's it's important <laughs> to know that. When you have mechanical engineers who go off to work for companies like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and create weapons and those weapons go to, you know, weapons dealer weapon uh like arms dealers in the Middle East and then those arms dealers then blow up buses full of school children in Yemen. It's like you, you contributed to that. Is there guilt? Is there remorse? So, yeah. If you ask Tony Stark, yeah. I mean, he was the embodiment of that remorse, I guess, for that whole first Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's, you could say like to tie this together that the scientific knowledge that characters like, Bruce Banner or Tony Stark or Shuri have is kind of mm-hmm. comparable to super to superpowers, which is evident through all of the movies anyway. That like yeah. people yeah. who are incredibly smart are on sort of the same playing field with people who have gotten some kind of whatever kind of uh, super superpower in yeah. some Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's literally what, and I know we're going to the TV show side, but that's what Runaways did with, um, uh, I forget, with Chase or Greg Sulkin's character because everyone else has superpowers, and he just decided to like build like robotic fists to like be at their level, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. kind of going back to that Uncle Ben mantra: with great power comes great responsibility, and, and scientific how- scientific knowledge is a power. Scientific yeah. knowledge is a power. Yeah. Um, and like you know, there's power of will. There's power of heart. There's power. Of oh knowledge. yeah, power, like, the power of love. Powers, what do you do? With um, and I think when Marvel gives us a better representation of what those powers can look like, <laughs> whether that's giving yeah. a science character who's really cool and like really inspirational, mm-hmm. but also sort of yeah. 
relatable like shuri are giving yeah um a world that ties science into magic and makes it seem like practicing science is really exciting like thor does or guides of the galaxy does Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's a useful lesson for the movies yeah my i think marvel's doing like a decent job like it's 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 you know the the way I the the the, the example I cite and how it's bleeding into yeah. pop culture is uh, when Obama was president. I think he had that one press conference and he joked like I forget what the context was, but he was like, "Oh yeah, we're uh, making Iron Man," and like that got a lot of laugh from the laughter from the room. And it's like, "Oh yeah," because like Iron Man is who we view as like a you know intelligence like captain of industry like making cool, useful scientific things. Like, that kind of, uh... Mm-hmm. bled into the real world, which I think is really cool. You know, whenever... If you if you see, like, any video on YouTube of, like, a prototype uh, exosuit, you know, that the military's testing out, like, people are probably gonna be like, oh, yeah, just like Iron Man, you know? Just, like, kind of helping us get used to that idea as they're trying to develop that in the real world. Yeah. Um, so, even, I guess... Are we gonna even, like, touch the science of the Infinity Stones? Because it's, like... It's like oh, yeah, they're, man. They're, oh, it's, it's just it's just a mess. Um, what science of the Infinity Stones? What are you talking about? It's a thing. I don't know. There's just, they're like there's, black, they're, there's six black holes concentrated mm-hmm. into colorful little rocks. Yeah, that their their primary their their primary and secondary colors um are just gonna or they're not like tertiary colors or like what if the what if like the space dome was taupe guys and not blue (laughs) you know or mauve or periwinkle i also found i don't know if article that was trying to justify the infinity stones as like manifestations of some of the basic laws of physics which is like i don't know Mm. i think i think they're they're reaching at that point yeah i think the black holes thing makes more sense yeah look um what 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 Marvel has up on competitors like DC is that it the characters that they're using are more realistic and there's more to play around with when it comes to genre and character that makes it more relatable and connectable and like you can explore themes that everyday humans face Whereas with the DC characters, all of them are kind of super fantastical and more godlike than human, which yeah. isn't fun, in my opinion. But that's yeah, but, yeah. that's another note for another time. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on Infinity War bef- before we route like a uh, loop back to our kind of thesis question? I think we had I think we had a good point about. The importance of ethics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah. that's talk about ethics all day. Um, but like, when it comes to science, as a scientist. Yeah. Yes, as we we are all scientists here, all talk, three of we've us. We've talked about yeah. we've <laughs> talked about ethics. We've talked because I mean we've talked about ethics on on AP Marvel before, but it's important yeah. that when it comes to science, that it's also that, yeah. that's my final point on that. Yeah. Um, so should we even bother with science anymore now that we're at this point? Like, I think the the second Spider- Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home will be the next movie after uh, Avengers 4. I think they'll do it. Uh, yeah, and also we still have Captain Marvel coming up, you know. Uh, 
So Captain Marvel's gonna be should we try? <laughs> should we try like reeling it back in? Like, hey, we had all this crazy fantastical stuff, but let's ground it a little more. We, Is that we we talked about it? We we've talked about grounding multiple times in different ways. We've talked about grounding sure. characters when it comes to like let's let's see more Ant Man doing real person things. Let's see more power. Let's like let's like dampen down the power power sets because our power creep is mm-hmm. you know massive. Um, sure, I wasn't in that talked episode, about, but yeah, <laughs> which we talked about, which we talked about. Well, it's coming out this week, but it will be last week. Um, sure, all these different factors go into how to ground the MCU in some capacity and try to keep it, bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, Far from Home is going to have Mysterio, and Mysterio is going to be cool because he doesn't have any powers. His powers are special effects. Okay. And I think that will be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to sort of come back and ground it because, like, for the sake of the audience, because um, people are only going to watch so many Infinity War huge, big fantasy movies <laughs> right. before they yeah. just start to get super confused. They cannot do another one of those for another 10 years. Yeah. Like, or another two of these. I'm just thinking about people like my parents who are, you know, more normal moviegoers and, like, aren't really into superhero movies. Like, they might see the Iron Man films. They wouldn't see Infinity War. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to right. bring it back and make it something that people who have no idea what's going on in the comics or don't care about, you know, seeing magic or whatever, but just want to see a yep. movie that will be entertaining for two hours but also will, like, follow a flow of logic that they can get no, no, your science has to be believable enough that it can hold people who aren't just like, who aren't nerds like we are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, any final thoughts on our Marvel Science 101 episode? Anything, any, anything before we get to uh, our little closing here? Anthony, anything? And things are important when understanding science. Okay, Betsy, anything. Bruce Banner only has two PhDs. <laughs> he lied. He was oh, trying to man. impress okay. Thor. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, but Thor is even like Thor, Thor doesn't even know what a PhD is. So Bruce's yeah. attempts were in. It's were fine. In, uh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Anthony, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at the Pizza Taco. Mm-hmm. On Twitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Betsy, what, uh, any social media handles you would like to plug? Anything else you'd like to plug that, uh, to, to promote to the good people listening to this? Yeah, I'm at Owl in A Minor on Twitter. So that's Owl like mm-hmm. the animal and then in A Minor, like the key of music. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also, if you can spell my last name, uh, I have a website that has a little science blog attached to it, if you're curious what my research has been this summer. So there's some fun stuff yeah. about trees on there. Ooh. You, you talk about trees? My research has to do with trees. Well, I mean, it's on trees. So, yeah. What? Yeah, so what, what do you think of Groot, then? Oh, uh, Groot's the best. Right. <laughs> uh, of course, you can find me at Compenderizer. Uh, you can email me at uh, chris at com if you want to send me any uh, topic ideas, any anecdotes you want to share. 
Um, or if you just want to criticize me like people do on Twitter sometimes these days. Um, thanks to Steve Maltor for our awesome uh, jazz track. Uh, Izzy Show, who is not here today. She is uh, hard at work um, at as, school right as now. As we she recorded is, our podcast. Yeah, she is, she is teaching the Stuco class right now, the Marvel Film yes. Media Studies class that we keep talking about. Uh, so Godspeed to Izzy and Aaron and Sabrina who are teaching that. And, of course, uh, our Patreon for Marvel News Test. You can find that, a link to that in the description. And, yep, that's all we got today. Anthony, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, filling in for me for uh, the previous episode. I oh, was, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. I have no clue what you guys talked about. It could be shit for all I know. Um, but you <laughs> no, didn't I'm even sure hear it? You didn't even listen to um, it? I don't... I, 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 I've been a very busy dude, and I'm going to listen to it when I edit it eventually, so calm down. Um, uh, Betsy, does the name Laura Berry mean anything to you? <laughs> oh, no, I wonder. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I never really give her credit uh, in the show because I think she told me to, like, don't worry about it, but I think Laura is kind of like, and Laura has been on my Runaways podcast during the last episode. Um, she, I think AP, the title AP Marvel was actually her doing because wow. we were trying to like come up with all of these titles and like um, we were just throwing a bunch of each other. I think AP Marvel like won everyone over. So um, that's a good title. Yeah, I'm just gonna give a shout out to Laura, whether she likes, whether she wants me to or not. Um, yeah, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Betsy, for being here. Um, Thanks for having. We've been talking this about this great. for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah we caught you before we caught you before you're uh, gonna be super busy, I presume, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. three of my classes are like senior seminars, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good night. Goodbye, everyone. The, vote, okay. the votes are closing today, and I think dogs should vote. You're right. Okay. <laughs> I yes. think dogs should vote. I think trees should vote. (laughs) Hot takes. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.